And hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Two Backset Podcast, a college football show where our two hosts focus on their favorite teams in the wider landscape of college football. I'm one of your hosts, Thomas, a.k.a. Mr. Warburg. Joining me, as always, is Patrick, a.k.a. Mr. Fusion. Greetings and salutations, football fans. How are we this week? Hopefully good. How about yourself, Fusion? Uh, pretty good. Uh, you know, um, baseball-wise, we got to see the South Oklahoma Rangers win the World Series, which I don't really give a shit about. But outside of that, man, some interesting football last week. Uh, the landscape of football is getting very, very interesting as we get closer and closer towards the end of the season, man. We're getting close to rivalry week here very soon. Indeed, and we're getting close to the uh, early early uh, recruiting signing period. College football playoffs around the corner. There's mm-hmm. some future off-season like, decisions for major programs that are being spurned on because of in-season uh, personnel changes. It yep. should be a really fun end to the season because we're at the point where those developmental programs, they're going to bite up and get somebody yep. a, a lot in November. Uh, you know, talking like Iowa State, like we did a lot last week. Got some ranked games at home in November, and they're looking much better. There's a lot going on this week. We'll get to our pick'em games. We're going to talk some off uh, off the field news at my program for that I like watching as the Iowa Hawkeyes. Some big news and some big things to consider for the future of the program. Plus, the you know the weirdness continues with Connor Stallions. Man, it just until we get the manifesto, which I I someone needs to leak. Someone God, needs to leak me. that manifesto. What and it? Reddit would fucking explode. 60 it, pages, It's like right? 5,000 words or something, right? Yeah. It's it was like ridiculous. Just release it. If you, if you, NCAA, if you have it, it needs to be in a report. The whole thing needs to be listed as a PDF because people would lose their shit over this. Can't, can't stress oh enough. That's the most interesting part of this conversation. Do we want to open up with this whole thing? Because I do have a little point on that. I mean, just... We might as well. It's the biggest story yeah. of the day, um, and because I'm probably going to use it as the cover image of you know him peeking around with the blue light, I'm definitely going to be using that as the cover image cover image for the show. But uh, yeah, so news broke. I believe it was yesterday. Yeah. Early yesterday, about all of a sudden, these sidelines sideline footage from Central Michigan's game at Michigan State from Week One started appearing back online, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, that guy looks like Connor Stallions. Peeking around a coach's head. Oh, and what's that? There's a blue light on his sunglasses on a 7 o'clock kickoff at night. That's weird. And again, it's Michigan. It's the Midwest. Sun is out at 7 o'clock. That's not big a deal. But he kept him on the whole night. The sun don't stay up that long in the Midwest. All right? Like, he, like the sunglasses at night thing was weird enough by itself. There's this blue light in the corner. And hey, you know what? What sunglass brand can record Fusion? Do you know? Yeah, I know this because I almost bought a pair, and that's Ray-Ban. Yeah, they mm. they partnered with Meta for a recording Meta, and yep. cloud uploading uh, recording smart glasses. Yep. Funny how a guy who looks identical to Connor Stallions is on Central Michigan sideline while they're playing a future Michigan opponent. I want to clarify something. I wasn't going to buy these glasses with the intention of snooping on other teams in their sidelines. Yeah, you, because... you weren't going up to to watch a Sooners game. No, that wasn't going to happen. I wasn't even going to go to Okie Light over, you know, Oklahoma State or U of H. I wasn't going to be on a sideline and spend money on their gear and somehow procure uh, a pass to be on the sideline to record that. No, it was actually going to be for, like, parks and stuff with our dogs. And I was going to do this. Also, normal human things. Yeah, normal human things. But, like, yeah. 
I mean, the devious the deviousness behind Stallions is just it's getting crazier and crazier. Like you said, we've got to see this fucking manifesto, man. Like we've got to see this thing because if if there's any connection at all to Harbaugh, and I what I mean by that is there's layers to this that he has to be connected with in some way because look, if Stallions is buying hundreds of dollars worth of glasses, hundreds of dollars worth of gear, he ain't buying it out of his own like with it out of his own cash till. He's not gonna do yeah, that. Yeah, especially right? since he's been doing this. Photos now emerged for... of him on the sideline since 2018. Yep, yep. I know so... he's not like hurting for that much money because he's a retired yep. captain. Like the pension's not bad, right? Sure. Plus whatever job he had at the time, I can't remember. I think in 18 wasn't he still active duty? I I don't know if he was. I think. Or was I he a reservist he at the time? I think he was a reservist at the time. Yeah. yeah. So like, obviously he's not not hurting for that much cash, but it's like that you could do that maybe once or twice a season. Not every opponent's game. That's fucking bonkers. Like to pay for the travel. So, that that quickly adds yeah. up so much. Yep. Like, okay, where was that money coming from? Well, and I think it opens up the big question is where's that money coming from? Who is authorizing it at Michigan to cover any of these costs and what they know? Like what you know, because whether it be hundreds of dollars, whether it be 10, 50 bucks, whether it be thousands of dollars, whatever it is, I can see this guy trying to get it like for him to write this manifesto of how he's going to become eventually become the Michigan. Yeah. And I just want them. I want to be clear. I want the manifesto, not for the investigative part. I want it for the memes. Yeah. I want it for the Reddit memes. Reddit. Like, yeah. Reddit, the college football subreddit would melt down if it got leaked. But you know, like this guy obviously is a bit out of his mind. Okay. It takes someone with, you know, that level of insanity to have the kind of the brass, uh, to do to do this to, to do this to do this for years on end to be on sidelines knowing there are cameras everywhere and not give a shit but also have the mindset of I'm doing this to eventually be like make my way into the head coaching ranks at Michigan. I gotta read it, man. I do, but I need to know where that like from a cash standpoint, who's connected and how so at Michigan because I really think that the NCAA is digging into this night and day because. My gut feeling has changed from a couple weeks ago and even last week when we talked about uh, repercussions happening next season or at the end of the season. I think the NCAA is going to push, if they can connect Jim Harbaugh or someone important at Michigan, whether it be the AD or you know an assistant coach or someone that has the financial means to connect the Stallions to Michigan and to, the, to what he's doing, I have a feeling they're going to kick to do their best to get Michigan out of the playoff. That's my feeling, man, uh, because it's it happened during this season during big like it's been a light schedule, but during critical games where they have they could be creating an advantage. You know, there's so many layers. I just like as I think through this, it's like oh holy crap! I want to I want to point here, want to point here, but I don't want to go on too many tangents. But other than I really think the NCAA is pushing hard to get information to connect this to Harbaugh or someone else of importance. When we both know, it's usually. In college football, it's it's the head coach, right? Yeah, that's Unless, where the lack of institutional control will hit him. Yep, because we, we, we knew that with Art Bryles. Joe Paterno tried to play dumb, but we all knew that he knew what was going on because Sandusky was his right-hand man for so long, or his they were close friends for so long to not know anything. Uh, this is going to be very interesting how it connects to the higher-ups at Michigan football. It really will because, man, this this just looks bad. This looks really bad. That here's the other thing, and the CMU head coach brought this up this week. They're going, they're investigating this uh, because, like you said, he was there week one against Michigan State. How the hell did he get a credential to be on the sideline? 
And then the next question is, where is he getting those credentials from? Are they legitimate credentials? Is he just creating fake credentials? Like, what what's happening? Given the staff level turnover, getting a credential in and of itself is not that weird, right? Because I'm sure between Michigan and Central Michigan, there's been a lot of, you know, not shared staff in season, but like guys have worked here. They've worked there. They know people here. They've been in the industry for 15 years. And it's a, uh, you know, and what are they, FCS, CMU? They're FCS, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, they're not Mac. No, they're not. No, Mac. they're not Mac. But like, they're a uni- major university within the state. I'm, there's tons of connections there, right? I'm sure he had friends that probably went to CMU. Getting a credentials not that weird. It's the, it's the recording thing that's like. Well, it's, it's the getting the credential. Yeah. Wearing the wearing their gear, like getting their yeah. That that takes gear. it even like weirder. It's it's a weirder thing, and then standing so close to. The head coaches, you know, like the, the head coach and the and the coordinators on the sideline, to where you could visibly see him in those shots. So now I'm sure other teams are now going through over the last few years of their tape to see if he's been on their sidelines, right? And we're probably gonna, I won't be shocked if we hear a few more of these come up over the next couple of days. It's crazy, man. This is just insane to me. Yeah, it, it just it won't die because it just yeah. drip, drip, drip. It keeps coming out and keeps yeah. getting more damning and. One more piece for this for me, because it's new today. Uh, the Big Ten is feeling the heat internally from other coaches. The other 12 right. are, well, 13, are hot about right. this. To use, I believe it was, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I don't have the article pulled up, but I believe one coach via a source said, every win since, you know, brackets, stallions has been on staff, every win is tainted by Michigan. That's a stark way to put it from a coach in the Big Ten. Like, apparently Harbaugh was on the call and then had to leave just to talk about this. And it was like a 90-minute call where they just blew up at Tony Petiti. I think that's how you say his last name. I don't know. But he's their commissioner. Yeah. And, man, talking about Big Ten commissioners just getting... Kevin Kevin Warren had COVID. This Petiti's got this scandal. Like, trial by fire, man. It's I wouldn't want this job, like, at all. But... You know, coaches are clearly demanding action this season. They don't want Michigan to be champion. They don't no. think it'd be legitimate to have them as a champion. And I haven't seen any stories come out about the AD call because that was scheduled for later in the day. Mm-hmm. I think AD and presidents were going to be on the call at the same time. And there's going to be so much pressure from ADs and coaches to their college presidents who are the power brokers of the Big Ten Conference. It's not the athletic directors. It's the presidents right, of the universities that make up membership in the conference. Like, that's who could call no confidence on a, you know, on a commissioner, as far as I'm reading the bylaws, right, and from what I remember of just stories that have come out over the years. If the if enough presidents flip on this, they've got it in the bylaws, I think, that Michigan, just, be, just because, like, hey, we are confident that they cheated, and we have X evidence for it, they could just say you don't get to play in the postseason as a conference. You don't get to play in the championship game. Now that that's not going to a hundred percent preclude them from CFP if they went out. That's and the CFP is an independent body, and I wouldn't blame them at all for not. If 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 the CFP puts Michigan in, that's not their call. You know, like they have to go with who's available and who they pick from. Sure. They have sure. to. Obviously, they could make a statement. They could say, "Hey, we're going to seat him number four just just because." But I it wouldn't that wouldn't shock me at all, and really wouldn't bother me. And the NCAA. Yeah. To play devil's advocate, they don't want to rush it either. As you said, no, there's don't. a lot of pieces to this financially. Like those investigative elements take 
time. Like, you could only go so fast. Because well, if like you, you said, go if too you... fast, yep. you run the risk of either under-punishing or over-punishing and then getting sued. Well, I mean, like I said, they have to find out regarding his, the credential, like, as at Central Michigan. where Was it a, a legitimate credential? How yeah, there's another it? web that's like, how did that happen? You know, and then there's there's the the... the, the the legal in terms of like the money implications that could be very, very dangerous for those people at Michigan involved with stallions paying him, knowing what he was doing. Like you have to ask a lot of these questions because if he's traveling to these other schools during mission, during Saturday games, then he's obviously not regularly on the Michigan sideline, right? Because no, no, he, he was, was using traveling. proxies. Okay. Other than this no. one, but Michigan wasn't, I don't think they played that day because it was a Friday game. Okay. In the state that's, of Michigan. That's, that's fair. That's fair. It was Friday so, at Michigan State, so, okay. so he, not that far the, to get to for the next day. About, but then the proxies become another financial Exactly. There's more webs. Loophole. Like, like, there's so many different legal layers we have to think about this that the government could be involved in. Like, well, I don't think the be, government can. There's nothing illegal that happens, like, legally uh, speaking. Well, well, you say that, but it, if they're miscategorizing the finances for, for these... That's for, true for with the doing, state funds, technically, but... ADs, Michigan's funds, AD yeah. is so they're self-funded. Okay. They're tax. That's a tax and taxpayer institution in name only. All that money, it's all donor money. It's all endowment money. It's all ticket revenue money. It's all TV revenue money. That none of that's coming from the state. Okay. But their BOR, their board of regents, their state auditor might get involved to be yeah. like, hey, like, you know, what's going on here? Like, you know, making sure nothing was breached but my guess would be if they weren't the dumbest people of all time nothing actually came from state funds no and i more than what we're probably going to find out is more than likely we have they have uh boosters paying for this out of their own personal pocket yeah that are going out of a like a, like a fund that they just donate to and which i can see that 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 kind of absolves michigan and but if Harbaugh is cutting any type of checks to people to fund this whole thing, that's where it becomes like this is that would be the end. And that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. It's obvious. We said we call the two strikes with the recruiting stuff uh, earlier in the year. I, I really think I think I think the NCAA has it out to get him out of college football. And he's already he's already not blackballed from the NFL, but he's burned enough bridges. They put out a statement to say like, Hey, we're not a safe Harbor for people that break yeah, rules. That's pretty, that's pretty telling for the NFL for Goodell to have the NFL release a statement like that saying like, Hey, you know, like, because Russell got suspended. Russell got suspended. But I mean, like urban Meyer, he was, you know, he, he, he left Ohio. Uh, he left immediately Ohio state to go to the NFL. Right. That was his first thing. The first thing he did, uh, Pete Carroll did that. You know, he left USC and went straight to to Seattle. So, I think that's the end of. I think that's Goodell. Like, yeah, I we don't want this PR nightmare. We do not want this PR nightmare. So we're going to release a statement. Plus, he's a bit of a prick, and people don't like him in the NFL. He's burned bridges there. So I'm sure, like the NFL's players, the player association probably worked with the front offices and was like, you know what? If y'all want to release a statement saying we don't want Harbaugh back, we're perfectly fine with that. And that's what they did. But that's a very telling thing because that's basically saying, like, good luck to you, but you're not coming back here. Like, we're not – We're if you want to try to file a lawsuit and say we're colluding, colluding to not let you interview for coaching jobs, 
we don't really give a shit, you know, at this point. Like, you know, we just, we're making well, they're, they're, they have the moral ground to say, we have reason to believe you would not be a upstanding coach in the NFL. Right. I mean, oh man, there's, but he's, he could be done. Oh, Thomas, he, he could always done. go to the CFL. Or the, yeah, or the new XFL, USFL. Oh, imagine, combo. you imagine the XFL would be like, hey, uh, Harbaugh, how much to get you in our league? Because that's a name. People would show up. Well, he and Bob Stoops, we could face each other. I'm sure that would yeah. be their marquee coaching. Speaking match, of Bob but... Stoops, we should uh, we should get to our next story. Let's do it. <laughs> so we got two other stories to talk about. One will dovetail into our weekly pick'em because uh, the team involved in one of the discussions is involved in that pick'em. But for me, as I said last week, maybe you listen to the show because we actually did pretty decent viewership-wise in terms of our general average. So thank you, everyone, for watching. Be sure to hit that like, subscribe, help the algorithm, do all the things. Our socials are on the video format, so follow us there. YouTube still won't let me put links in the description because it's a new account and YouTube sucks. But I, I said I wasn't going to wear an Iowa hat until they won another game. Well, I'm going to count firing Brian Ferentz as a win. Beth okay. Gates basically said, hey, you know what? Football is on its own fiefdom. Kirk Ferentz is not king of the castle. He reports to me. She put her foot down on this nepotism workaround, stupid closet Gary Barter pulled, you know, with, you know, Brian's contract years ago when he was hired by Kirk because Iowa's nepotism laws, and technically as Iowa is a taxpayer-funded institution, yep. they need to abide by those nepotism rules. If it was a private business, nobody would care, but it's the University of Iowa. So he had to report to the AD. That was the structure from when he was hired on as OL running backs coach years ago. I want to say that was... Was it 14? It was, he was OC in 17. He had been the offensive line co coach and running game coordinator and tight ends coach for a few years and been very successful. But when he got that job, he had to be going through the AD. That was his direct report, not the head coach. Getz is like, nope, that's not happening. Statistically, he would have to go like on a world-beating streak to get this, to get his 25-per-game mark. Yep. And it's just not going to happen. What, and Kirk's going to, you know, boo-hoo about the injuries and all that. And that's a part of it. But there was no, they, no way they were going to go off for like 40 points for the next four games to get to that benchmark. So she said, Brian, bye week. And the rumor is they were trying to get it done before. They were trying to get it in the week one of the bye week. But maybe they were waiting on Brian to say he was going to resign. That There's going to be a whole chapter in the Kirk Ferentz, you know, biography about this saga. And I'm very curious to see what that turns out to be in terms of interviews and stuff. But one day, Monday she comes out and says, Brian is not coming back to the program. And Kirk was clearly not happy. You saw the press conference the other day. Yep. He was terse. He stumbled over some things. And he, you know, tried to, I think, smooth things over. But he was still clearly not okay because he's been very, we don't make changes mid-season. We evaluate in the off-season. That's the only time I will make a change. And he said that for years about other coordinators or position coaches not really doing all that well. And I don't think he really, I think partly it's his son and partly he didn't like having an AD tell him, it's my show, not yours, Kirk, because you report to the athletics director, not the other way around. And with Barta, it was the other way around. He was Gary Barta's boss, and everybody knew it. Everybody in that building knew it. But that's not the case anymore. Iowa has an actual athletics director, which is actually probably good for Kirk because early in his run is when he had his best success. Gary Barta wasn't around. 
right? He had an actual athletics director and was part of that environment in a more positive way, I think. So now he's going to have to hire a new coach because he has said the statement, as you saw, and it was more radio show comments yeah. and that they've worked into a statement format. But it was very clear. Oh, he just sounded like an old Kirk again. Like he, it sounded like he was over it. Like he understood it. He had internalized it. And he probably shouldn't have held the presser on Tuesday like normal. With the statement being Monday afternoon, he probably should have pushed the press conference to just mellow out without adding more fuel to the fire of am I going to retire or not. And he says he wants to continue for a few more years, more likely towards the tail end of his contract, which runs through 2030. I believe there's about $42 million on the buyout. So about 6 or $7 million a year, depending on incentives. Which doesn't shock me at all he's coming back. But I'm wondering who he's going to hire next. I, everyone was wondering, you know, who's, if, if he quits, who do we hire? And you, right. you brought up Stoops, and I was like, well, if you could get him. If Stoops would be willing to come back anywhere, it's if Venables is hospitalized and he needs to go to OU, or something happens to Kirk and he needs to go to Iowa. That's it. That's the two places he would come back to college football in a short-term basis, I think. Because after, because I think at that point, didn't he reach the point where his dad, he was older than his dad when his dad died? And that's when he was yeah. like, I'm I'm done with like the high stress coaching jobs. Yeah, yeah. But then when uh when Riley left for Yeah, USC, for the bowl game and that's a the bowl game and he just bowl he, game's he a bowl game. Cameo. Yeah. You know, but like for even a season or two, I don't think he'd come back anywhere. But I mean if you could talk him into it. You talk about turning a ship around. Hey, uh who's gonna follow your uh, all time wins leader? Your great maybe the greatest coach in Iowa history? Oh yeah, we're gonna get Bob Stoops. That would be an absolute coup by Beth Gates and never gonna happen. You were talking Lamar Woods. Would Mike Stoops come back? Because he also played at Iowa. The whole Stoops family did. Uh, at least the, the brothers did. I don't... They Some of them have sons. And I know Bob's went to OU, but I can't remember yeah. who all went where. But uh, it's going to be an interesting one, but less interesting now because Kirk said he's coming back. Which means he's probably not going to make a splashy hire. I'm, th I'm leaning Tim Polisek. He was the offensive line coach a few years ago and he's been at Notre was it North Dakota State was he their OC or head coach when they had that big run with uh, Wentz he was around the program okay I, I okay. can't remember let me look up his Wikipedia okay because he's been at Iowa before he's only been here short term and you don't think LeVar was, Woods would be the was Wyoming Wyoming okay he's at Wyoming right now he was the offensive line coach at Iowa for four years 2017 to 20 and he was at North Dakota State as the offensive coordinator for three years from 2014 to 2016 I I had the connection in my head Carson Wentz yeah yeah he was that offensive coordinator when they were legitimately oh they could show up to any FBS team and maybe beat them like they were a great team so you don't think LeVar Woods is in play at all to be promoted well it really wouldn't be a promotion though would it he's already a coordinator yeah, but you know, OCs are. Kirk was never an OC, more. dude. He's getting. Nope. Do you know how much money Lamar Woods is getting paid? How much is he getting paid? Lamar Woods' salary. Seven hundred thousand as a special teams coordinator. Okay, okay, that's that ain't that ain't chump change. That's not chump change. It's not. It's Brian's not... was eight hundred and fifty, so he's not getting paid that much more than okay. Lavar. No, I, Lavar's probably going well, to get. If we're going to keep fair, Lavar, he needs a raise. If you're going to keep, to be fair, I, 
to be fair, over the last two seasons, which who scored more? It, it, who's who has scored more touchdowns? The Iowa offense or the special teams at this point? You have to ask yourself. That's a tough question. I mean, I mean statistically, it is I'm, the I'm, offense, I'm, but I'm it ain't kidding, by much. I'm, I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding at the same time because it's Iowa has been anemic when it came has come to scoring touchdowns offensively. So, I mean, honestly, man. I think I agree with you in that his hire is probably going to be a little more conservative approach, which is frustrating for you guys. But anything is better. Yeah. Are at you this able, point, are you Brian able to call a game with a plan and adjust? Brian couldn't do either. I, I, Brian is a smart football coach who should have topped out as a position coach. Right. He's probably going to go somewhere else and be very successful as an offensive line coach and tight ends coach. And maybe he eventually works his way back to Iowa at some point. Because when he went to school here, he played here. And his, you know, his dad's the all-time guy here. Wouldn't shock me at all he comes back after his dad uh, retires. After, think, I'm talking, I, years down the road. I'm thinking just the bad blood is going to be It's just too to toxic back. now. Right. But who knows? Yeah. Because it's not like Anything he's leaving in, like, criminal disgrace. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Fair. that kind of thing. So, I my, my money's on Tim Polisak right now. Because it... Going from Wyoming to Iowa would be a nice bump. He's been a coordinator before, worked in pro-style systems. All he needs to do is be Ken O'Keefe, which is Iowa's greatest offensive coordinator under Kirk Ferentz. You need to be efficient. Defense gives you short fields. You need to put it in the end zone. That's literally it. And Iowa used to do that. You know, like that was how they scored 55 on Ohio State back in 2017. Right. was because, hey, they got a bunch of short fields and Nate Stanley threw touchdowns. Why? Well, I think my question to you is why make the announcement this week when you have what four or five? As I said, the weeks? start of the thing, early recruiting period is coming up December. That's that was my point. Was obviously they obviously they realize they have to get a heads up on recruiting. And they the transfer portal is open all the time. Well, shit, man! If things go down bad at Michigan. We may have a slew of top Michigan talent that could hit the portal. Yeah, in a couple and, of years. and and free transfer because their coach could get fired. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. It's like, if yeah, I mean they can't play in a bowl game for any other team. I mean they're done. Yeah, they, the, yeah, they're done for the season. season. They can't go team but, to team. But but they could be they could make spring ball with anyone. You know, yeah. if Harbaugh is fired over the next couple of weeks, so which it could happen. Like I was being a little facetious a couple of weeks ago, but. The more I see what the NCAA is doing, it could happen to where, I mean, hell, I was a good. If, if NCAA gives Michigan them a show to... cause, yep. I mean, there's Michigan doesn't have an op. Michigan doesn't have a choice. I mean, obviously, like Colorado is going to go after some of those kids. A lot of the, you know, maybe UCLA, USC is going to offer some stuff, but Iowa has to get on top. I'm sure this, and if she see if she has the foresight to see this, like get ahead of recruiting. If this shit with Michigan does get really bad. There are some kids that we could and Michigan have State too. And Michigan State's got some. They have, they don't have a deep roster, but they've got some good players. There are there, that, there are teams and guys who yep. will be leaving, and it's it's so, good to know. Hey, status quo isn't going to be the case. And you're you're coming to a legacy with Kurt, right? I mean, it's like yes, yeah. Not, stay all the jokes about the offense. Dude's going to get win number two hundred next season at right. Iowa. So it's possible so so this does feel like and that's what i felt when when this came down earlier this week was like okay this felt very strategic in that we've got to get ahead of recruiting and transfer portal we've got to we've got to we've got to improve where we need to improve on the roster and to do that we can't just sit here with saying oh brian's our guy next year you know and going through the season you no more fire brian chance in the stadium 
That was such yeah. a bad look. Well, you've got to, I mean, you have a couple more weeks of it. You're going to have to deal they with know. it. They know. Fans know. He's gone. Like, okay, it's, it's public. Like, fans know. I think this is going to massively reduce the toxicity. Okay. Because the next game's away. It's at a neutral site, Wrigley Field right. against Northwestern. And then you're home for a couple more weeks before you go to Nebraska. I think this reduces the home and neutral site toxicity among your fans because they know it's Brian's last rodeo. And to the yeah. point about not getting rid of him now in terms of kicking him off the team, are you going to saddle a newbie offensive coordinator? Because nobody on the staff right now has ever called plays beyond Brian. Are you going to give them, hey, you're on tight end two and three, quarterback number two, possibly number three. Your running backs are in and out of the lineup. Your offensive line is not as good. Hey, go put on some tape as a play caller with this talent pool. Yeah. Good That's luck. True. That's fair. That's fair. You know, like, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to put that on any of our younger coaches who are on staff that are probably going to go be coordinators and head coaches somewhere else. Right. Like, that's a bad look. Even if it's just, hey, here's an audition for next year. Because I don't think any of them realistically expect to get a coordinator position at Iowa. I think, I think Kirk's going to be under the gun to not pick a first-timer. Because Brian was a first-time play caller. Sure. I think he's going to have to go to somebody like a Tim Polisek who has been a coordinator before. Yeah, that's that's more I'm leaning. Okay. That was really all I had on the conversation other than it's of news because we cover our favorite teams. Um, so sure. speaking of, I covered Iowa. Let's kick to the Big 12 because we got some Big 12 games in our pick them. I want to talk about the what makes college football so good is <laughs> Oklahoma loses on the road to Kansas, to which Kansas, is yep. under, you know, Massive upset, which happens in the NFL too, but this is why I like college football more. Excuse me, I gotta blow my nose. Oh my goodness. Ugh. Oh. I got a early right. late fall cold. Uh anyway. Oh. So what I like about college football more in the NFL is stuff like this. So OU loses fourth, you know, fourth down, last gasp goes incomplete. It's not that they lose in a massive upset because that happens in every other sport. What doesn't happen in every other sport is their main rival will stop the game. They are actively playing to put up that final play on their jumbotron. Here's the best thing about that. The radio play by play legend guy, Craig way, the longhorn uh, broadcaster, Stops calling the game on the radio and calls the end of that game. Yeah, like that so, level of just petty enjoyment at your rival's failure to such a crazy degree is why I love college football. It's why no matter what the TV networks do to this game, you don't beat that. That's awesome. I love it. So I really wanted OU to run the table just because when they face Texas at the end of the season of the Big 12 title game, the winner is going to make the playoff that but at the same time this has created madness in the big 12 which has been fun to watch because this is going to be a very pivotal week in the big 12 mm -hmm. a lot of heavy profile games yep so yeah it, it's it was awesome too because i was watching the game but i was also listening to the radio feed um in the background while i was playing games and uh, i just heard craig way go okay this well he just stops. He just stops. and goes, okay, so I'm going to switch over to the, the Kansas OU game. And he just calls it. He just 
caused the final play, which was hilarious to me. Like you said, but I also saw the video of, of the stadium. Yeah, they know. played at DKR, I, and the fans just you know, ate it up. I had, I, had a, I had a friend that was at the stadium, and he's like, oh, my God, dude. Like, they have it on the Godzilla Tron, because that's what they call the screen, that giant screen at, at DKR is the Godzilla Tron. He's like, oh, my God, they have the game with the Godzilla Tron, and no one's paying attention on the field anymore. Just absolute <laughs> sheer pettiness, and I'm here for it. Yep, I, I love yep, it. Yep, yep. So speaking of Texas, they're our first pick'em game. They've got Kansas State coming to town. Number 25, Kansas yep. State, going to number 7, Texas, 11 a.m. kick on Fox. So Fusion, let's talk Texas right now, where you guys are at in the season, and then we'll get into this game specifically. So I talked a bunch about Iowa, though not really on the field, Iowa. I talked off the field. What's up with Texas right now? How they looking? How they doing? Uh, the defense had a really solid performance against BYU. Unfortunately, a lot of those guys are deemed up. You would think that 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 oh, that U of H game was a big problem, and it it was at how close they 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 let things linger for so long with the Cougars. But they could turn around, and I I believe, in my opinion, BYU is a better team than U of H, and they the defense was just firing on all cylinders. Uh, the run game was phenomenal. Um. The, the the big question mark is still going to be the backup quarterback Malik Murphy. Um, he he can throw, and you probably saw this, and I mentioned this like in some of our Discord channels. The guy has a cannon of an arm, but he has no touch. So those short passes are a problem. But he has no problem flinging the deep ball. And you know what, man? If it works, keep going to it because he was finding A.D. Mitchell. He was finding Xavier Worthy open. I say like if he's if, if he can't throw those short routes, just let him throw the deep ball and let the, the speedsters go after it because that's really going to be a big a big deal for against Kansas State because Kansas State's they're not having a great season, but at the same time they're they're that sleeper team where it's like hey they can go in and they can knock people around you know. Um, well, I, I don't I really, say they're having a bad season. They're six and two and four and one in conference. Yeah, but they did lose to Oklahoma State. And and Oklahoma State that, is looking much better. Which that could, which that uh, that that game, that OU Oki State game, could be very interesting as well because it is a rival. It's a yeah. It's a, it's I mean, that's why we have up. three Big Twelve games on the slate right. this week. I really like what the, how the Longhorns have rebounded the last couple of weeks. My question is health on the defensive side of the football. Major concern there, and Malik Murphy. They've got like ho- hopefully he's learned a few things. You know, playing the entire game last week. My only concern is with that is that Sark has basically said he was he had no intention of putting Arch Manning in that game last week, and he really doesn't see a need to put him in now. Man, at some point you're going to run out of that luck, and you're going to have to figure out if 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 Quinn Ewers isn't coming back for at least two or three more weeks, you're going to have to find out who your guy is going to be, and if. Malik Murphy can't take the next step and actually run the offense effectively for an extended period of time, guys. I don't mean like one drive throwing, you know, two deep passes and that's 170 yards. Great. He's had a great game. No, a lot of his short balls were off target, too hard, like hard throws. Like I just, I think he's really got to, he's got to put a little touch on his pass and settle in a little bit, especially on the short game. That's a really big thing for me. He's got to show improvement in that this week. And I think this is a good test for them because Kansas State, their defense is going to challenge the offense. And obviously they're going to key in on the running game. So 
you're going to either have to throw the ball deep or you're going to have to create offense. The receive this game is up to the re- the Texas receivers. That's really where it's going to be ride or die this week. Because like if they can get open and get catch those balls, that's going to be really big. I mean, they're because Kansas State's going to put seven eight in the box. They really are from the be- from beginning to the end of the game and really dare them to throw the ball. So, um, but I still pick the Longhorns to win this game. Fair enough. I, I do as well. I think they hold hold serve at home. But yep. You know, like I said, those developmental programs in November, that this is when they start turning that corner. And right. Kansas State's in that mold. You know, Would uh, you say Kansas State is better than Iowa State right now? In terms of, in like terms talent? of talent, yes. Okay. I, I, you know, I don't know where they're at in terms of... Because it's really hard to say because Iowa State was very young and still is. But now they're their younger guys are getting, they're getting reps. You know, so like, and right. they look different, way different than they did two months ago. You know, so... This is just a really fascinating week in the Big 12 because, I mean, if, if a couple of these home teams can hold serve, their coaches are in the driver's seat for Coach of the Year in the Big 12. Right. Like, the turnarounds we've seen in some of these programs are awesome. Like, they're just really cool stories, and they're all in the same league, which is really fun to watch. I mean, like I said, I know Kansas State lost to Oklahoma State, but Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State, they're all in the mix here. For yeah, the all 4-1. And, and the only one that's not 4-1, and one, wait, one, Kansas. two, three, four. Yeah, the only one that's playing this week in a game that's not, in terms of our pick'em games, uh, is Kansas. And even then, if they win, they're still in the mix because they drop down another team and have a tiebreaker over somebody. Right. You know, right. like it's going to be a fight to the finish in the in the Big Twelve in a way it's really not in the Big Big Ten. Yep. All right, so that's game one. We're both picking Texas. Yep. Our next one is James Madison continues their quest <laughs> to rub the NCAA's nose in it. Because if they run the table, man, the, the calls to get them a bowl game, because there might not be enough 6-6 six and six teams, is going to reach a crescendo. They're going on the road to Georgia State, and they're only mi- minor favorites. I want to say it's like a three-point line, maybe a five-point uh, line. Five and a half. Five and a half. Five and a half, right and a half line. Yeah. Um, they're at 2.30 on ESPN, too. I don't want to talk a bunch about this one, because I haven't really watched much JMU beyond highlights. Like, I don't want to, like, you know, talk out my ass on it. But I'm picking JMU because I think it's a great story, and I think I just think they're better than most of the competition on their schedule, if not all of them at this point. So it would it would shock me if they don't finish undefeated. So that's where I'm at on JMU. So I'm going JMU. Are you? I'm I'm picking JMU as well, just because they seem to be the they seem to be the hot team right now. And, and now that they know, hey, we're not getting a postseason. Right. You know, floodgates open, baby. Let's go show them why that's stupid. Right, so I think they're 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 they've got nothing to lose at this point. So I'm yep. picking JMU. Right, another game I don't want to belabor because it's really not going to be that good of a game uh, is uh, a a Wrigley game, which is such a dumb decision to put football in baseball stadiums, and I will I will die on that hill. Northwestern is hosting Iowa, and Iowa is going to have more fans. What's the reason behind this playing at Wrigley Field? It's, it's Wrigley Field. It's a national icon of a stadium. Okay. But the last time, didn't they have to, like, alternate possessions on who's going to what end zone? Yep. Like, it's just, it doesn't fit. I think it'd be one thing if this was at Target Field, where it's a brand-new stadium, great amenities, you know, and you could play it in this huge-ass outfield. Right? Not Wrigley. Put it in Great American Field. It's not where the Sox play. I think so. That's Sox play. Yeah, I think that's where they play. Or am I am I crossing up the Tiger Stadium? Fuck. Fuck. I can't remember. No, 
guaranteed guaranteed rate field is guaranteed rate field that's what it is um yeah so they are uh, you can put it there and it'd be better it's just wrigley you're only going because it's wrigley it's not because it's a good space for football and that's dumb don't do that it's gonna be bad like it's gonna be windy weather coming in off lake michigan and it's just gonna be a crappy november day why are we doing this at wrigley it's stupid Iowa should win, but Northwestern's probably going to beat them anyway. But I'm picking Iowa. I'm going with Iowa as well, just because Northwestern's had a rough go of it this season with the whole Pat Fitzgerald saga. I think they're looking better, though. I think so, too. I think Northwestern's always that weird team in that they could have very good seasons because of recruiting, but they're not, I mean, because of their academics, they're not a major destination obviously. True. But right now, I think they're doing the best they can with what they have on the roster and on top of just the whole saga with the coaching staff. So, um, I know Iowa's what five point, I think, I think they're currently five point favorites. I don't, I think, I think Iowa wins, but I don't think they cover those five points. I think it's like a three point victory, like a, a field goal win it. Yeah, I agree. It's just not going to be a pretty game and that's why it's on Peacock. No. Now, what's the weather situation? Cause it is Chicago. Yeah, it's going to be... Let me go to AccuWeather. Because I know most of the Midwest is warming up this weekend, so I don't know after a cold spell for a few days here. Yeah, it should be mid-50s, if I recall. Where's the 10-day? Oh, okay. okay, so not bad. I didn't think I didn't know if it was going to be an icy mess or anything like that, so... Uh, I know Mich- Michigan loves its ice. Yeah, it's not going to be that cold. Okay. Yeah, I think it'll be, it'll, it'll be just a slow... Low scoring game. North uh Northwestern will have its moments, but yeah, like you said, if they somehow score two touchdowns and it becomes a twelve to fourteen victory for Northwestern, I won't be shocked at all. No. No. But I just think I just think Iowa's defense has enough uh enough uh, horses to get them over the top. I agree. So. Iowa has Cooper DeGene. So uh, Oklahoma, number nine, is going to Oklahoma State, another turnaround candidate for Coach of the Year from Mr. Mike Gundy. Right. Uh, Oklahoma, coming off that uh, crushing loss to end their undefeated season against Kansas, goes to an in-state rival in the last time they're going to play for the foreseeable future. So do you think Oklahoma State has the juice in this game to take down their cross-state rival? Or do you think Oklahoma says, you know what, last week was a fluke. Kansas is a better team, and we're going to put the screws to Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma has the better team. I have watched quite a few OU-Oklahoma State games over the years, and I will tell you, this one is very, it's primed early 2000s rivalry where OU was really, like under the Bob Stoops era, was really good, and they just, went out there and shit the bed against Oklahoma State. It really feels like that. And those early teams, there was a couple years where they had some really big names on the offensive side of the football, but there were also a couple years before that, the first, like, 2001, 2002, 2003, where they really didn't have a lot of big names at Oklahoma State compared to what Oklahoma had at the time, and they still went out there and fought hard. I, I think this is going to be a close game. Let's see. OU is a six-point favorite on the road. I'm still going to go with Oklahoma, honestly, man. Still going to go with Oklahoma. Yeah. 
I think that that, that hangover isn't going to be as severe as we think it's going to be. Um, I'd like, you know, if Oklahoma State wins, I'm going to have a blast watching that. But I just think Oklahoma has enough horses on both sides of the football to, and they have the and they have the better quarterback. Yep. You'll need to be my eyes and ears on football because I'm not going to be able to watch because I'm running Extra Life this year. Uh, it's my year nine for it, which is if, you, if anybody that watches this doesn't know. Extra Life is a charity fundraiser for the Children's Miracle Network, which is a network of children's hospitals across the country. And I think a couple in Canada, too. But uh, so like the University of Iowa Stan Family Children's Hospital, where they do the wave, that's the hospital. Uh, and so all the money raised for my charity stream, which is 12 hours, same username as my Twitter handle on Twitch. Uh, we raise money for that, trying to get $1,000. Got a wheel of pain for every $100. We spin a hot sauce wheel, which is going to suck. Uh, doing a bunch of wood burning giveaways. It's going to be a good time. So, but I'm not going to be able to watch football because of that. See, I can catch this game because it's a 2.30 game, but I'm going to be joining you at 7 o'clock for Fortnite. I'm excited about that. Yeah, with the Wheel of Misfortune. The Wheel of Misfortune. Chloe's going to be playing with us. It's going to be a fun. Yeah, it's going to be a real fun day. So our next week's show is going to be more of us talking about week 11 as opposed to a week 12 recap because right. we're not going to be able to watch all the games. Right. Speaking of games, we have one more to do, which for me is the a very fascinating one as an Iowa guy. Sure. Kansas, coming off that big win, goes to a sold-out crowd in Ames for a night game. Six o'clock kickoff in Ames. Jack Trice is going to just be absolutely rocking. That place is ready to go because the feeling around this program, from the outside at least, has changed so much in a month. I mean, a month I... ago... Oh, a little over a month ago, they were ready like to turn on Matt Campbell because he like lunged at a fan because the fan was being a trolling dick. I'll completely defend Campbell there. That was right. uncalled for. And Campbell let his emotions get the better of him without really crossing the line. It just was a bad look. And then after that bad look and losing to Oklahoma, they decided, you know what? Tired of losing. Let's turn this into a basic, like what Wisconsin's trying to do. And let's just throw the fucking ball all the time. Not air raid like all the way in concept, but they're very much more, hey, open the playbook. Let's just let's just do what we can. And it's been working. The development's coming along, the blocking's better, the throwing's better, the receivers are stepping up. Beck has actually shown, hey, I'm a D one quarterback in a way I can't believe Iowa can't recruit. It's maddening to me. Hey, I like Rocco Beck. Oh no, don't get me wrong. I think in the Iowa game he was very raw. He's figured things out each and every week. And yeah, I think he's that, gotten better. That, that, that OU stomping a few weeks ago was a learning experience for him. And he didn't even play that bad. bad. No, he just didn't complete they, enough. He, yeah, they just got, they got, they got outgunned. Yeah, they got outgunned. Yeah. And yeah, they, he was just pressing too much. And yeah. it, I think he's grown so much and it's clear that, hey, you can actually develop quarterbacks in college. It's crazy Iowa didn't get that memo. But I like watching this Iowa State team. I think they're going to beat Kansas. I think Kansas is a bit of a letdown coming off the OU game. That's not unheard of coming off huge home wins. Then you got to go on the road the next week, right? Like that's happened to Iowa, you know, like, you know, Penn State versus Purdue. Purdue comes in after that huge win over Penn State and eats our lunch money, right? Like that wouldn't shock me at all. And that's what I'm actually banking on because Iowa State's an ascending team. They feel like they're really figuring stuff out. And these are both great coaches, Leopold and Campbell, both really showing why they're so good. Even in the down year, you can't count out Matt Campbell. 
I'm I'm leaning Iowa State here. Home favorites, I believe, at the two and a half point line right now. So basically a toss em, toss up game. I'm leaning Iowa State. How about you? I'm going with Iowa State as well, man. I think we were gonna line up here, so we're not gonna lose I'm not gonna lose any ground this week to you, particularly. Plus someone else, I don't know. I really like Rocco Fett. I really do. Just because I think we talked about this when the season started. Like I you know, with the whole scandal. Iowa State was a mess. There's a lot of pieces to pick up. It's going to be a rough year. And I think sitting here at 5-3, and 4-1 and one in the conference, like, hey, man, this is the best-case scenario for Iowa State at this point in the season. It really is. They beat Kansas. They could wake up at 25 the next day. Yeah, really. they could straight up get ranked. Yep, with three losses, just because of the fact that they've been grinding it out. I mean, 5-1 and one in the Big 12, and, you know, like – depending on how losses in the rest of these games shake out, say Oklahoma state pulls it off a stunner. Right. And you know, and all of a sudden maybe only Texas wins and maybe it's Texas, Iowa state top of the big 12. What? What? And then that, that matchup in two weeks is going to be very interesting. All of a sudden, that's going to be Iowa awesome. State, right? That's going to be, that's going to be national. Like, I mean, just game days coming to town for that. I, I could see that happening. That or that because, or big noon kickoff, one of the two. No, no. If if Iowa State beats Kansas on Saturday and they end up becoming ranked, I could see that as I could see game day wanting to come to town because Iowa State's a compelling story given what all the yeah, circumstances like, that are. If you'd have told me, season. hey, Iowa's yeah. Iowa State's gonna be four and one in conference after the betting scandal, they lose their starting running back, starting quarterback, guys were betting on their games, everybody was demoralized. Oh, hey, they're also four and one in conference in November. I wouldn't have believed you. Right. I think this is best Matt Campbell's best coaching job. And he's a hell of a coach. No arguments here, man. No arguments here. So wow. congrats, Cyclones. You got a good one. And I'm, I'm as even as an outsider, I'm happy to see Iowa State, you know, not crumble under the weight of what happened in the offseason sure. and sure. actually, you know, get it together. So that's been really cool to see. And I I hope they win. I hope I hope it happens just for the national storylines of these really compelling November games for them. With against good teams, I think that's yep. fun to watch. So I hope they pull I mean, it the, off. The next, the three of the next four weeks are going to be very. They could be very good for our Iowa State. I mean, you have Kansas, BYU, Texas, and then they finish off against Kansas State. I mean, yeah, yeah that, they could, that could decide the conference or who gets crazy. who gets to play in Jerry World. Right? That's awesome. Especially if if Oklahoma State wins this weekend. Yeah, Iowa State yeah, and Kansas like, State have to be like, oh shit, like this is this is real. Like we could we could be facing Texas and Dallas. Like we this is it. You know? Yeah, or let's say Kansas oh. State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State all win. All of a sudden, Texas and OU are on the outside looking in to the conference oh, game. The Big Twelve would absolutely like, the chaos God demand it. Oh, I can't wait for if that happens. Oh, I can't wait for all the stuff that's gonna come out of that. That'd be amazing. I know it would suck for you. You're a Texas fan, but oh man, no, the storylines would be so good. Honestly, man, if that were to happen, that's that's Texas would deserve. That, that's just that, oh hey, that that's 2007 right there. Right, that's what that right. would be. That yeah. year was bonkers. All right, well that's it for our games. But leaderboard wise, where we're at on our pick'em, Fusion and I very tight race. Fusion's got 31. I've got 30. We both had five and zero weeks last week. We cleaned up, yep. and so did Ty. Congratulations, right. Ty. You had 5-0 and week. Your second undefeated week this season. She started late on this pick'em group. 
and is close enough with to be within striking distance at season's end to win the wood burning for free by yours truly. So I'm at 30, Gamma's at 27, Eddie's at 26, Shadow's at 23, and Les is at 20. Couple another 5-0 week, 4-1 week from her and some struggles from everybody else. All of a sudden, we got a tight finish to end this season going into the, the tail end of the regular season. It's going to be very fun as the commissioner of this pool to watch how that turns out. That's going to be very fun. Yeah, I bet. All right, so any other stories we want to talk about? We've been going for about 52 no, minutes, no. give or take. I just want to say, like, obviously, if you, you, we both have our cards matching up for this week, it'll be... Next week will be a very interesting week, especially if you pick some... Because there's a hell of a slate next week. I'm just mm -hmm. like giving you a heads up. There is an absolute murder's row of games next weekend of ranked teams. So this is going to be fun. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be a real fun finish. I'm excited for the conclusion of the regular season and, of course, to see what happens with Michigan, right, in the come-off season. What does Iowa do? It's going to be nuts. I, I can't and wait for it. You guys know, I just want to say, if you're listening before Saturday... Please join uh, Warburg for his stream. I'll be playing from 7 to 10 on Fortnite with you, and I know a lot of folks will be jumping in with you all day Saturday, but please go and donate. It's for the Children's Miracle Network. It's a great thing. I Unfortunately, with my personal schedule, I really couldn't do my own campaign this year, but I will jump in when I can this weekend uh, to, to play games with you, man. But it's always fun to do because raising that money is just... It's so cool. It's a cool experience. I've been yep. doing it for 10 years now, and... You know, it's just, I, I can't say, speak anything but, like, great great stories I've had from over the years, yeah. Yep, it is a lot of fun. So hopefully some people follow me there. Uh, it's the same, it's at Twitch, on Twitch, same username as what's above me right now on the screen. It's at Mr. Wartberg, M-R Wartberg, like the college, who I believe are still undefeated in D3. Oh, I did not know that. I got to double check the rankings. I, I don't super follow Wartberg Athletics as much as I should mm -hmm. for having the Mr. Wartberg name. But, right. Warburg is a really good D3 football school and has been for a long time. Certainly were when I was there. So, all right, we're going to get out of here. We'll be back for week 11 to talk about our week 11 games. Probably a shorter one next week because unless something crazy happens with Michigan, we finally won't have to talk about that. Right. Um, and then we'll see because we got so many great games coming up with, you know, rivalry weeks coming up. You got some great conference finishes down the stretch. There's a lot of really fun storylines going into week 11. So stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter. We're at Two Back Set on Twitter. And yes, I'm going to say Twitter. As well as our individual channels. Because we really only use the, the pod one for promoting individual episodes. I don't do much social media gaming. It's just, it's, I, have, I have a 9 to 5. I'm busy. Right? Yeah. So, follow us there. Like the show. Hit the subscribe. Make sure you join, you know, whatever feed you have to to stay up to date on the show. I really appreciate it when people do so. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Later.